Ah, well done. Good dancing. (laughs) (laughs) That was that's a great song. It's a great song. Oh wow. Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Good evening. Pep, you there? Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me, Brock? I can. Step one, check. Step two, intro, check. (laughs) What are we today? September 19th, Thursday. We're sitting... September 19th, we've had some technical difficulties the la- during the last podcast that we're, we're working through, gang. Uh, you know, we just need to upgrade a little bit of equipment on my end. Um, we're working on that, toggling through some FaceTime issues on my iPad. Uh, microphone sounds good, though. It's not the microphone. No, That's for sure. It, it's really, it's about a connection. We do it in the evenings. There's a lot of people on the internet surfing a variety of things. Um, and, uh, I think it just sucks the bandwidth a little bit, which uh, no pun intended. Did you do that on purpose? Yeah, no. Did you do that? (laughs) And cut. Let's try this again. Take two. No wonder it takes us so long to get these episodes done. (laughs) Anyway, it's the internet. And, uh, yeah, once we get uh, Pep hooked up with a little bit better setup on that side where we can get Google Chrome for once. Then we'll use a thing called Squadcast, which is uh, we'll actually record his sound locally. So for the most part, once we do the editing, he should be crystal clear, using the mic, sounding wonderful. Um, and then, yeah, hey, hey, we'll never have to see each other again in person. <laughs> and look, gang, <laughs> our first our first choice is to get together in person. It, that's 100%. When we plan out our week, it's like maybe Wednesday, maybe Thursday. Wednesday shows up. A glitch happens at work for me. Brock has children and a wife and a house and life and everything. It doesn't always work out, you know. And if uh, you know, we're uh, not we're not asking for charity, but we do do this for free. We love it, but we're not getting paid for it. So this comes out of our time, and um, sometimes it just doesn't. Uh, the, our best played, best laid plans don't uh, pan out, you know. However that saying goes, I'm sure somebody is definitely going to hear that. Oh, uh, and then, somebody will correct you. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's best laid plans to put the rest, Pierre. Uh, I know. Okay, it's late. Uh, anyway, we'll, anyway. Uh, we'll figure that out, and uh, it'll just, it's got to yeah. get better. Hey, it'll get better. No worries. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, I feel like we're wasting our good quality bandwidth right now, so <laughs> yeah. let's, uh, let's get right into it. We have, uh, we're back on. Here we go. These are headlines with Brock and Pep. <laughs> Still, that's one thing that I think eight episodes ago I said we'd get a better intro for that, and we just haven't. It's the same one. Yeah, it's exactly the same. <laughs> Whatever. It's okay. We'll figure I like it out. It. What do you got for us today for headlines? Well, <clears throat> you know, it's uh, we're ramping up, right? So hockey just started their preseason, and football's into week three. And the NBA will soon have their preseason. Baseball is on the final two weeks of their season and then playoffs. So it's an exciting time to be a sports fan. At some point in the next 
gee, I don't know, four and a half, five weeks, every sport's going to be on the docket. So we really got to ramp ourselves up. And you and I have a couple of uh, guests lined up to talk hockey. I've got a couple of local NBA, uh, local NBA, local basketball guys, referees who want to get on and have their say. Uh, They want to rebuttal something that we talked about in the summertime when we were talking about refereeing in the NBA. Okay. These guys are, are clamoring to get get on. I'm glad, I'm looking forward to hearing them because they are local referees. They're experienced refs who've been around for a long time. So, anyway, we got a lot to talk about uh, in the next couple of weeks. Right now, it's it's quiet. Uh, the NHL um, is taking over some headlines, especially today in Ottawa with uh, the Ottawa Senator signing Mr. Shabbat eight years, sixty four mil. What does that do for the fan base? Last year, we all know last year they sold. They sold everybody, right? They sold all yep. their stars, committing to a rebuild. And there was doom and gloom in the media, doom and gloom, you know, with Melnick even talking about, is a team going to survive in Ottawa without a building near uh, Le Breton Flats? But now they've, they've finally made a signing of significance. They've kept a young guy who's got a ton of talent, who's, who's played really, really well, actually. So does that... Will that appease the fan base while they continue to rebuild? Because by no means is this a, he's not Bobby Orr yet, but he's talented and it's a commitment. He's talented. Um, The fact that they showed a little bit, like you said, a commitment to a young player to keep him around. I mean, you know, we'll see as uh, the seasons progress, whether or not he's still with them, but he's got, he's made him some money. He's made him an offer. He's signed him for a, technically a long-term deal in Ottawa. Um, but, I mean, the Sens fans have gone through a lot over the last year, and signing this one kid is not going to change um, the whole face of this franchise. Like, they need a lot more help than just Shabbat. Um, I was looking at his deal. <clears throat> Somebody did comment on... The deal saying that there was no guarantee, which is surprising. But isn't hockey all guaranteed? I, I, I thought so. I don't know what. I'm not really sure if I'd have to look that up. I, I thought it's all I think guaranteed it's so, money. I'm almost. I'm 99.9 percent sure it's, it's uh, all fully guaranteed because my rant all the time is that football is the only sport that isn't guaranteed. Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, but it, the structure of his deal was very. I found very interesting because they had. I don't have it in front of me, but it was like. You know, seven, seven, eight. And then like in 2022 or 23, whatever it is, it goes down to four and then comes back up to like 10, 10 or eight, 10, 10, something to that effect, which the dip to four really kind of caught my attention because I found that to be odd. And I, uh, you know, I didn't research it. I just kind of put it onto uh, our Facebook page and asked if anybody had any idea of why that was. So I thought maybe there'd be other players that were coming up for signing at that point, or if that was the... You know how Melnick had his, his I forget if it was three-year plan or five-year plan. Within five years, we're going to be competing for the Stanley Cup. So I thought maybe that coincided with that year, in which case they wanted to free up some cap to say, hey, Shabbat, by this time we'll have X, Y, and Z in place, and then we need to have a little bit more cap room just to say, you know what, we're going to go out there and, and get a couple of renters for the rest of the season, and we're going to need some, uh, some money for that. Um, Andrew Herlihy actually commented on the page saying that that was the, I forget if you said that was the beginning of the year or the end, whatever. It was right around the next collective bargaining agreement. And because of that, if they do strike or whatever, he'd be owed money for that year, in which case that's a less of a hit for a team that's not bringing anything in. Anyway. Sure, um, sure. 
you know, whatever happened, it's a, you know, it was a great answer and it makes a lot of sense to me in that sense. Um, but anyway, it was something that kind of stuck out to me, but I think it's, it's good for Ottawa that they got, uh, somebody that is there long-term that can sell a Jersey or two maybe. Cause I wouldn't even know if somebody wanted to buy a Jersey right now, who would you buy? Well, the only one is Shabbat because you know, he's going to be around yeah. for a while or he should be. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's, I like, I liked his game last year a lot. Like he showed, he improved as the season went on. Um, and he looked like a steady, stable guy in the, in the back end last year, and he's got some offensive talent, as we've seen in the juniors. Uh, I, I think it's a, I think it's a great signing. I think it's it's your pillar. Now you can build around him. You want to get you know you know how it works. You need a, your goalie, you need your, a defenseman, and you need a centerman. And up the middle, just like Toronto's trying to do with Tavares, I'm not sure if they're if they have the uh, the stud defenseman yet. And I don't. I'm not sold on Anderson. But usually, and I, when Montreal was considering signing Tavares, I thought, well, here we go. We've got, you know, Carey Price in nets, Shea Weber as, the, as your pillar, and then you've got Tavares. You're, you're set up the middle and you build around the middle. Well, I don't know if Toronto's there yet, and I certainly don't know if Ottawa's there yet, but that's one out of three pieces in Toronto, in, in Ottawa, that I think uh, they don't have to worry about. Now they can focus on, okay, now what's next? Is their goaltending sufficient? Is Anderson the guy? Is the kid they have right. backing him up, Nielsen, is he the guy? Um, they certainly don't have a, a number one centerman. So that's one of the three positions that I think in hockey you need to, you need to establish right away. And, uh, you know, that's, it's good. It's a good sign. It's good money. It's funny how the teams differ in, this, in the strategic aspect of building a team where, like, the Habs kind of have a good goalie generally, you know, some good blue liners, and then they sort of – they get they fill in the rest in terms of the forwards and the, Toronto works backwards. They they up front are very strong yeah. and then blue line is like oh there's a blue line, uh, and then the goalie is either uh, hot or cold, has a lot of potential but is he the steady rock they need back there especially when you yeah. have no blue line. Um, anyway, it's it's interesting to see how how things work and, and how GMs think and, uh, and the plans and stuff. So when you start to really examine it, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. Oh, for sure. And I think, you know, Montreal is uh, an intriguing team because of that. They, you know, you know, team Canada, when they won the, the gold medal a few years ago, you know, it was Weber and price and Tavares and all the, all the guys, you know, um, the, the guy, the two guys from, uh, the ducks, their names slip my mind right now, gets and Perry. And Perry, you know, we, we dominated that Niedermeyer. that world, that championship because of the the type of hockey the the grind them we're going to just out hit you and out play you and out muscle you and we're going to get our goals that way so uh, you know i i don't i think i just think it's a great sign it's good money for ottawa good it's money well spent and uh you know i i do like their coaching staff i like the fact that they brought in capuano who's got playoff experience with the islanders a few years ago so hey this is good money anyway yeah moving on spent too much time uh, on a one signing let's move on yeah, I want. I want to stay. I want to stay with uh, with hockey, and I want to stay with the Canadian team. Look, there's talk that Dustin Bufflin is going to retire. The Winnipeg Jets have given him a leave of absence. Uh, nobody really knew why, and now we know why because he's contemplating retirement. Uh, you can't fault the guy because no. a he's taken a severe beating. He's a big guy, so like Chara, guys take runs at him. He's he fights when he has to. He's uh, been injured because of his size. He's a, he's a heavier guy. Um, so, you know, he's contemplating retirement and for the jets, it, th- this would be a devastating blow. They lost two of the, two of their starting defensemen in the off season, losing Bufflin 
And having Liney go, I don't know what the, what's going on with Liney either, but he made a comment in the papers about if he played on another team, he'd be able to play with the best players in the in the league. I don't know. You got a pretty good team in Winnipeg. They they, they were a Stanley Cup contender last year. Um, He's trying to go to New Jersey, isn't he? Isn't that the whole uh, rumor? I don't know. There New was Jersey's trying to make a push of him to going to New Jersey for a for a young player and a bunch of draft picks. And you know, Winnipeg. It would be sad for Winnipeg because they were on the doorstep. They lost to a very very good st louis team that got hot at the right time but winnipeg was set to win great goaltending de- a lot very de- very deep on the defensive end and you know a good offensive team brian little and lad and all those guys um losing buff i don't know man i'm not sure they can recover from that they lost a lot on defense this summer but their offense was you know relatively intact if they end up dealing line a because he's unhappy or if he's he's pissed off a lot of the a lot of his teammates and and bufflin boy oh boy talk about a a team that was on the doorstep and now you know would you almost have to consider rebuilding yeah um yeah bufflin is quite the he's a dynamic player in the terms of the uh what he brings to a hockey team so he's surprisingly skilled for a big guy um since he moved to defense like he's been i don't know how many times he's been an all-star uh but he's been you know definitely a a pillar in the back of their blue line there so i don't know what kind of cap space it frees up if he does retire if there's anybody on the market they can go get but i think just his his presence and energy on that team i mean he played a lot of minutes for a guy who's Frig, 280 or something? 280. Uh, how many guys can move from forward to defense seam- seamlessly like that and still be an all-star? I mean, he, that's, you know. Well, he's better on defense than he was as a forward. I love Big Buff. Oh, yeah. I Yeah, I love his game. And, uh, you know, if the NHL loses Big Buff, I mean, as a, just from an entertainment standpoint, you know, that's a, that's a unique guy, like you said, right? You don't see too many guys 280, that nimble of foot. So, I don't know what's going on. I think Paul Maurice made a made a sarcastic comment in uh, in a presser yesterday. I don't have the exact quote. It wasn't it wasn't that mind blowing, but you know it's a it was kind of like a little shot at the at the situation with Line A. And uh, you listen, you're going in. You, the season starts in a, in three or four weeks. Now it's not the time to be taking jabs and like get the get get the kid in camp. Let's go. You know, like Winnipeg Jets. You guys got to understand, you're pretty good, <laughs> even though you've lost some defense. You've made, you've kept the offense intact. You're pretty good. So uh, now's not the time to be uh, to be blowing things up and uh, getting into it with your star players, Paul Maurice. And I like Paul. I love Paul Maurice. Most, mm-hmm. One of the most underrated coaches in the NHL. Um, I think he's just frustrated. Yeah, which I mean, if you're you're dealing with these star players that have issues, and you know, I don't want to blame everything on. Uh, I don't even know how to say it without coming off like a dick. Um, but like, you know, let's say the NFL and NBA, the players seem to be taking a lot more control of not only what they do, um, but also how they, I mean, AB is a perfect example of how they manipulate and are learning how to manipulate the system to get their desired effect. So if Liney wants out of Winnipeg because there's nothing in Winnipeg to do, and he wants to be on a team that maybe is um, like the Devils, that's really making a push to to do something. Um, Hughes and Heischer and Hall. Oh my God! You know, then 
you know, maybe the first offer didn't work because, you know, the, the Winnipeg's asking for a lot, which I get. But if Line A starts to become an asshole and starts to become a problem and starts to become a cancer in the locker room and starts to whatever, Winnipeg is going to be more motivated to get him out because it's just going to be a bad scenario. So I feel like these players are starting to take advantage of that. And yeah. it just it, it, it has that same feel as like the AB type stuff um, with the Raiders is Line A wants out. And he's starting to cause shit because of it. It's not the same old uh, athlete that, you know, sucks it up, plays where, where he's supposed to play, plays yeah. with the cards he's been dealt, and is and just happy to have millions of effing dollars to play a kid's friggin' game and understands the limited opportunity that that person has. Yeah. And now they're trying to really screw with it. And I just, I don't know how the leagues actually are going to, um, I guess, combat that. Like without being in uh, collusion themselves in terms of ownership getting together and saying, look, this kid's not going to push us around or um, whatever. But it's just, it's a new, it's a new age. And the same with Buffalo retiring early that I have no problem with. That's where, you know, the athletes are getting paid enough that they can retire early and they put more emphasis and more importance on their health and longevity. And they're seeing guys like Bufflin plays that role. Like you said, he'll fight when he needs to fight. And he really like grinded his way to where he was. How many hockey fighters do we know have passed in the last little while? Like within the last eight to 10 years, you know, maybe he's, maybe he's got a, a beat on it. You know, maybe he's feeling like he's going down a path where if he plays again, I, I, you know, it's, it's, you, who knows, you know, who knows, but I, yeah. I have no problem with him taking it and saying, you know what? I'm done. I've made my money. I left my mark. I still have fairly good health, knock on wood, or I'm just getting some symptoms. I want out before it gets worse. I applaud him. That's an interesting situation in Winnipeg. You got one guy who's contemplating retirement because of whatever nobody really knows, and you've got one guy, their star, arguably their best player, sniper, potential 40-goal scorer, just just sort of seems unhappy. It's very weird. But you make a good point, Brock, about guys uh, manipulating the system to get out of town wherever they are. And uh, is it, you also mentioned something about, you know, back in the day, guys would play out their contract. Is it, it, it we're in this era of obviously social media, right? Mm-hmm. Twitter, Twitter, you can, you can post your feelings in a heartbeat and it can get to 25,000 people overnight. Um, Facebook, uh, Instagram, all that stuff. And I, one guy comes to mind back in the, uh, have you ever seen the movie Gross Misconduct, The Life of uh, Brian Spencer? No. It's a Canadian film. So this was, uh, Brian Spencer was a goon in the, I want to say he was like in the 70s. And uh, he got, he was with the Maple Leafs for years. And uh, then he got, it was just a fighter. It was his only job. And then he got traded to the Penguins. And he didn't like the the Penguins because he didn't like the name. He didn't like the color of their jersey. They were baby blue. He, in a one-on-one interview on uh, Hockey Night in Canada. He danced around uh, making the, a penguin noise, basically to run himself out of town is what, what, he, was, what he was doing. So I guess that kind of always existed. Um, it's just way more prevalent now with social media and with everything. To what extent, I don't know. The optics, if we watch sports in the 80s, it looked like everybody was trying, looked like everybody gave a, gave a crap. You didn't hear too much in the papers, but... Maybe we just, maybe it just, it was there, but we just didn't know, you know? You know, uh, just on that note where you talked about, it looks like everybody gave a crap in the 80s. 
have you ever watched highlights of Wayne Gretzky? Every goalie he shoots on does not look like he gives a crap. <laughs> well, they're I think, super small pad. They're just standing there, let, watching the puck go, and I'm like, "Oh, he shot it from the red line. He scores. Oh, great!" The guy, well, I think anyway. he was taking a crap because uh, <laughs> uh, they look like they're just standing there making a kick save with whatever those things they called pads. It was, uh, and that's a whole other. I mean, that's yeah, a whole yeah. other argument of like, how would Gretzky do in today's NHL? He he kind of played later on i think late 90s is when he retired and he kind of saw the conversion of how the nhl was turning into a very defensive league and a defensive league were, yeah. were wearing a lot more equipment and stuff like that so no enforcers it's an, it's to an, protect them anyway <laughs> Listen, could, it's a very I, interesting look, debate yeah, yeah anyway so uh, you know uh, we're right. hoping the jets can can keep this together because they were on the doorstep yet last year and it'd be a, it'd be a real shame to see them uh you know, uh, fall apart like this with a retirement with Lanny. So anyway, moving on to basketball, Brock. I just all right, so that's all the hockey up. you got? What's that? That's all the that's, hockey you uh, got? For the most part, yeah. There's not a whole lot talking about. I mean, there's there haven't been any deals. Uh, right now we're watching split squad, squad games where you got a couple of your stars playing with a, a bunch of a bunch of guys from the minors trying to yeah, make yeah. the team. So there's not a whole lot going on uh, Canadian team-wise. Montreal's playing Florida right now, but, you know, I, I catch, a, well, get, get you, catch a few minutes of it and whatever. So <laughs> All right. We will uh, have more of a hockey preview show, and we will uh, yes. actually be talking with a uh, legendary AHL, ECHL, Quebec League, uh, for lack of nice a better guy. term, uh, uh, lack of a better term, tough guy, but the the ultimate gentleman. If you oh. ever meet this guy, too, so um, we'll be posting that on Facebook, and I'll uh, give you guys ample time. Uh, to one, know who it is. Two, do your research and YouTube it. I'll yeah. probably post some videos. And uh, three, contribute any questions uh, that you want us to ask him. Um, do I tell him who it is? You didn't say it, no. No, should I or no? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't hear you say But should I? I'm asking you, should I? Should I tell yeah, him? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, of course, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, Ken Tasker. <laughs> Ken Tasker. Uh, Elmer Native. Uh, anyway, I can go through his whole bio, but, um, you know, from Canadian university to, uh, uh, the junior ranks to, you know, semi-pro to professional, uh, guys been everywhere, uh, basically every single league possible except for the NHL. Um, very close on the doorstep. Anyway, some of the, uh, the legendary fights and scraps he's had and stories he's got are going to be extremely entertaining and uh, we look forward to that. So that'll be our hockey preview show. Yeah. Um, you know what? It's going to be about five minutes of talking about the season and then the rest of it will be interviewing and listening to, to uh, Ken's stories. Oh and yeah, that's going to be so way great. More I can't wait to hear it. A uh, gentleman, very, very nice guy too. And you know, uh, tough role he he had to fulfill on these teams like that's wasn't easy for him to to fulfill that role but you know hockey allowed him to um see a lot of north america oh god yeah um, maybe the world did he travel travel overseas i believe so for some of the the all-star team when he was younger for sure um but yeah no he did everything he could with the hockey life and uh uh yeah anyway if you uh youtube him I think it'd be. Uh, I think he's going to be a great guest. All right, uh, you're turning to basketball. What do you? Got yeah, for let's. Uh, ne- next headline. Um, interesting. I have a question for you after this headline. Is uh, Clippers coach Doc Rivers said Kawhi told him he wouldn't sign if they didn't land Paul George. Now, 
let's hypothetically say they didn't land Paul George. Do you think Kawhi would have stayed in Toronto? That's A. B, gone to the Lakers. Or C, another team. Uh, he would have, if the Clippers didn't land George. Yeah, so Toronto, the Clippers. Yeah, Toronto would have landed George with Kawhi giving Toronto that ultimatum of getting George. Toronto would have made that deal and had gotten both. And I heard they were on the cusp of that to begin with. So yeah. that's a likely one, and I think that's how it would have played out. I don't see him going to another team. Um, if Toronto then pulls out with George and say we can't do the George thing, then maybe he goes to the Lakers, you know, just because I think it's, it's a matter of location for him more than anything else. But um, I think Toronto pulls a trigger on that. And to me, it's a no-brainer if he comes back and says, you know what, let's get George and I can come back and, you know, with the supporting cast, I know they'd have to give up. Uh, I think they were talking about... Uh, it might have even been Kyle Lowry, uh, Lowry, Ibaka, and uh, actually, I think it was um, um, Siakam is who I'm thinking of. And I think that was actually one of the bigger deal breakers was that Toronto wasn't quite ready to give up Siakam, but that's what uh, Oklahoma City wanted. Anyway, that's my thing. Oh. I don't remember what choice it was, but I say he goes to Toronto because George goes to Toronto. Toronto pulls that oh, he trigger. Would have Toronto. Okay. And uh, that's what I believe. Okay, that's interesting. I, w- I think he would have stayed in Toronto too. I don't think it would Paul George... I don't know what Paul George wants. Um, you know, he got dealt from Indiana to the Oklahoma City. He wanted to play with the Lakers. He went out and said... Oklahoma City, you're, I'm just a rental. I'm, I'm signing with the right. Lakers next summer, whether you like me or not. Then he gets coaxed into signing with the with OKC. I guess he liked playing with, with Russell Westbrook. I, I don't view Paul George as the elite guy anymore. Uh, his first couple of years in Indiana, I thought, what a freak. This guy is a fantastic player. He's taken LeBron James's teams right to the end. Um, he was ta- he was That Indiana team was beaten up on Boston, and they were a good team, you know, Roy Hibbert. And I just... When he, when he blew out his leg, you know, um, he came back and he, it took him a while to get readjusted. He, he's still a phenomenal player, a great shooter, but he doesn't go to the basket like he used to. And I just don't, I don't know if he's got that next gear, that, that fire, that, uh, like what, what we saw from Lowry. Lowry took over against Golden State in that game seven, I, 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 or game six, sorry. I don't, um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sold on Paul George. I think... I think Siakam made Leonard a lot better than Leonard realizes. And I think vice versa, too. I think, I think Siakam played really, really well because he had a chance to play with Leonard. But I think Siakam made Leonard a very, very good player because Siakam drew really the hardest draws every night. He, he defended the best, the best guys in the team. So I th- I'm really interested to see how... I don't think the Raptors are going to be as good this year, but I'm interested to see how no. Leonard does now that he might be saddled with defending the best guys uh, in the West. And Brock, the West is loaded. L- I mean, I've never seen the West so crazy like this. You know, Westbrook and Harden in Houston, George and uh, Kawhi in... Um, L.A. Clippers, you know, the, no one's talking about the Lakers. I mean, I mean, they're talking about LeBron, but no one is talking about the fact that two years ago, Anthony Davis was the best player in the NBA, or he was in the conversation. Freak show, athletic, can shoot the three, rebounds. They've got, they just signed Dwight Howard, who is 
um, who has lost a lot of weight, who's motivated, who in 2010 was the second best player in the NBA next to LeBron James. He's motivated. He's angry. He's embarrassed. His first round in, in 2012 with LA did not go well. He was traded to the Houston. That didn't go well. And since then, he's been a, he's been basically dealt to every other team. Is he just uh, lack motivation on a Dwight Howard motivation. aspect? It was a back injury, and it was motivation, and the combination of the two. And, you know, you lose a step. And some guys deal with it with grace, and some guys just sort of fade off. And, you know, he's, I think he's understanding his role now. He's lost a step. They're probably going to use him off the bench. And uh, I hope he starts because he's a big boy who can get 15 boards easy. And they're not going to ask anything more from him. They've got enough scoring with Danny Green and LeBron and Anthony Davis. There's plenty to go around. So that's a nice, nice team, man. Uh, and Kyle Kuzma, we don't even talked about. Like, he's their, he was their second best player last year. So people better watch out for the Lakers. I think the Lakers win the championship this year. They're loaded. And uh, Frank Vogel is an underrated defensive coach. Well, there you heard it from Pep, who's a uh, Raptors fan, but you're also a fan of another team, right? The Lakers. Okay, that's right. Right, yes. the Lakers. All right, so Laker <laughs> fan calls the Lakers winning the championship. There's a surprise. Yeah. Now, Dwight Howard <laughs> is probably one of the most athletic guys I've seen come through the NBA, to be honest. Um, yeah. So that's always been a, a bit of a question mark for me as to why is this, and I guess if it's injury, that's fine, but when you get, I guess when you get a shit ton of money, you, maybe you lose some of that if you feel like you lose a step and it's all guaranteed anyway. Maybe you stop caring. I don't know. But um, I remember when he came in the league, I was like, I've never seen a guy that big with that type of physique who moves that well. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, underachiever at this point. But whatever. absolutely, he'll win the championship this year with the Lakers. Apparently, next headline. I th- I thought I this feel is like so I should awesome. be uh, doing this for every headline you're about to do. Um, well, we can. I, uh, All right, there's the next headline. It's it's very dramatic. It is the dramatic. Next headline isn't next headline isn't so dramatic. But R.J. Barrett, Canadian kid, <clears throat> they asked him uh, if there was a player in the NBA he'd like to dunk on. Who would he be? And he said, the person I would like to dunk on most this year would be um, Porzingis from the Dallas Mavericks, former Nick. Uh, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that is aw- that is awesome. Former Nick Barrett is a, a current Nick, and Porzingis is the guy he wants to dunk on the most. I, I I don't I don't think there's anything that's been said in the media with you know I don't think Porzingis has insulted Barrett. I don't think there was uh, a lot of animosity. I think Porzingis just got dealt, and that was that. But for him to just go out and lay the gauntlet like that, <laughs> that's pretty great, man. Well, I'm gonna ask, like, shows, I don't know. know who that is. I'm be I'm gonna be 100 percent honest. I don't who? know who that Arch- is. Porzingis or whatever? R.J. Barrett, Chris yes, I know who R.J. Barrett is. Porzingis? Yeah. The big, the, the big tall kid who played for uh, the Knicks, and he was a star until he got hurt, and then they dealt him to the Mavericks last year. So was he good? He was their leading scorer until he got hurt, yeah. But the Knicks' leading scorer? For the Knicks? Yeah. The, no, but, yeah, he was the Knicks' leading scorer okay. until he got hurt. How are the Knicks doing? No, How are the Knicks doing? Yeah. Knicks are terrible. Okay, so he's leading scorer on a terrible team? <laughs> he has no social media following nobody gives two shits about him that was a very canadian answer i love it man hey listen it, hey. that's just flat out he used guy. to play for this team he's gone now i'm the new sheriff in town i want to dunk on him <laughs> nobody's gonna back him up because nobody knows how to pronounce his name let alone whatever sure good job what's he gonna do call it lebron <laughs> I do. I don't know. I hope not. You Just know, the only person Porzingis better. Bell. I would have loved him to say Draymond Green. <laughs> that's that's right. That's what I want to dunk on. I can't jump, but whatever. You know what I mean. 
I just want to run through them. I'll take a foul. I um, charge. Looking at the CFL. Next no. headline. Sorry, uh, we're just moving on. I thought it was funny. All right. You know going to be head- funny? Yeah, right, CFL is going to be funny. All right. We are winding down in the CFL, and uh, unfortunately, it's looking bleak for Ottawa. I don't even think – I think mathematically they still have a chance, but it's uh, it's uh, bleak. For a team that made the uh, Great Cup final last year, we all know the losses, right? You know, Ellingson and Harris and, yeah. uh, and Powell – and they have—they just haven't been able to overcome the guys that they—they they, they replaced those guys with. Just have not stepped up. Um, so they play uh, the British Columbia Lions uh, at home. They played them in BC last week, and they got—they got beat pretty bad. Now they're back home playing them on a Saturday night, and uh, oh, I'm just that hoping the, next the fans game? continue to come out. That's the next game, the twenty-first. On, it's to, on Saturday night, yeah. Um, okay. I'm just hoping the fans don't don't stop coming. It's still an entertaining night. It, by the looks of the forecast, it's gonna be beautiful all weekend. Be a fans nice Saturday are gonna night go. for. Uh, Let's be honest. Those. The fans are gonna go. Ottawa is a great place to watch a game. No, Ottawa is a great place to socialize on the terrace when there's a football <laughs> game going on. It's like a nightclub there. Everybody's dressed Dude. up to go out. It's it's a standing room only bar. Yeah. Uh, nobody's in the seats. Generally, <laughs> they're out getting yeah. drinks and socializing. That's what it is. It's a party, yeah. which is great. That's how you sell tickets. That's how you get people there. But I don't think. I mean, okay. I'm obviously not speaking for everybody, but um, you know, the, the uh, there's a big chunk of people who go and don't even watch the game. Well, I'll, I'll, I won't lie. Um, if, if, unless it's Saskatchewan there, I'm not watching a ton of the game. I went to the last game against the Argonauts, who, by the way, wore those beautiful, beautiful retro helmets with that football with the flag, with the, uh, like the, the sail on the football. Oh, yep. dude, they got to go back to that full time. It was beautiful. Anyway, they beat the Red Blacks, um, and our, the Argos are having a tough season, but... I, you know, I, again, I just hope that fans don't, don't give up. There's three games left. Come out, support your team. Uh, who knows? Maybe they, maybe they win out the next three and uh, Montreal loses their next three. Or I, I don't know. Speaking of Montreal, the talk about... Red Blacks are giving away free tickets, eh? I, sorry, I missed that. I said the Red Blacks are giving away free tickets for the next yeah. uh, few games. So I got four of them for I'll bring the family on uh, September 28th versus the Edmonton Eskimos. Trevor Harris and friends back are back in, in town. town to uh, probably hand down a bit of a whooping to the uh, yeah, well, to the Red Blacks. But it'll be maybe a they'll be game. motivated. I don't know. Who knows? All right, Montreal. Montreal. Uh, what a what a comeback from you know I didn't predict I when we were doing our preseason predictions uh, I did not think that they were going to compete at all this year I know uh, Pimpkin was their initial starter and now it's Vernon Adams Jr. who's lighting it up and they're playing D Brock they're playing D um, their coach has done a phenomenal job uh, I got a, a kudos to, to Montreal. No matter what happens the rest of the year, they have absolutely overachieved. Yep. And uh, I, you know, are, are they going to make the Grey Cup? I, I, are they going to get past Hamilton in the East? I, I don't see it. Are they going to have to play a crossover game and beat a team from the West? Who again, we know the West yeah. is loaded. The West will have somebody see, crosses over. I don't. I just don't see it happening. But you know, they play. They play D, and you know how D D travels in Nor- November, right? You know, when you you can compete against anybody if you play a little D in November. So, 
Uh, they're an exciting team, man. I, I'm pretty excited to watch them play. What are you smiling at? I don't Brock's know. smiling, by the way. <laughs> I feel like you were what? trying to throw out the playing D and the little D and DD the whole time. So I thought you were, <laughs> uh, that he's leading up to something right now. No, no, I'm not. No, but anyway. <laughs> I'm loving yes. I'm loving the D. You're loving the D. There you go. There's uh, the sound bite. Go That's going to go. Are we done with your uh, your headlines? That's all I got, man. It's like I said, we're, you know, hockey preseason, CFL is winding down and uh the NBA, there's not a lot going on in the NBA. They haven't started training camps yet. NFL, when we come back from the break, I think we'll uh, we'll take a shot. Oh, we didn't talk baseball, but there's I, one thing I did want to mention. Congratulations to the Houston Astros. The third season in a row that they win 100 games. That is super impressive. Only four other teams have ever done that in history. So congratulations to them, juggernaut. And the way the Blue Jays are set up with their roster currently, they, they are mimicking how the Astros built their team. You know, with Bichette reminds me of Altuve. Uh, they're very similar players. Hit hard, play good D, run, steal bases. They're setting themselves up. Well, Gurriel's brother plays for the Astros. They're setting themselves up to look like the Astros. They need a lot of pitching. So uh, it, it's exciting. Uh, I love playoff baseball. You? I love playoff baseball. I love playoff anything. I'm going to be completely honest. <laughs> it's true. I'm a college football fan because of the fact that every week feels like a playoffs of some sort. Yeah. You, can't, you can't just lose a bunch of games. You can't be the Patriots and lose to Cleveland and Cincinnati and then say, ah, fuck, it doesn't matter because we're still going to get into the playoffs and then we're going to run the table. In college football, it's, it's not a necessarily a do or die, but it's pretty freaking close. So it has that feel for a whole season, which is what I absolutely love. Uh, but when it comes to playoffs and sports, to me, there's nothing better. Uh, win, move on, lose, go home. Uh, everything's on the table. You know, it's uh, I love it. And baseball, I've had more of an appreciation lately because of yeah. uh, you know following it a bit closer and really understanding the you know the 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 mindset of a manager and when to start pitchers and when to put them in and how they're going to do it because they got to play in three days and does he have enough rest yeah. and who's this and who's anyway. It's uh, it's very strategic. Um, you know, so I have a, a bigger appreciation for it now, but, uh, yeah, it'll be, uh, interesting on that, on that note, I know we've, we've gone way longer than we wanted to for headlines and that's As on per. me, but you know, it's fun to talk about different things other than football, but I am looking forward to talking about week three. Um, shout out to, uh, Grichuk who, uh, after Pierre commented <laughs> on his oh, home run this, on his uh, ability to hit home runs when it means uh, nothing. Uh, hits a is hits a grand slam when he's the Blue Jays are down three in the bottom of the ninth wow. against the Orioles, and hits it a still grand means slam. nothing. They're they're thirty games under five hundred and they're I, not making the playoffs. But I know what you're saying, and I, I I think that maybe was taken out of context. A few guys messaged and saying like, "Hey, you know, Grichik's got some good numbers. Yeah, he, he, great numbers, but he's still batting two twenty. And you know, the, for two thirds of the season so far, he's whiffed more than he's more than he's hey, hit. But you know what? I'm not even against you. Last little bit, he's he he signed a big contract. The target is on him. The expectations are now raised, and I hear you. You know what I mean? It's not the fifty million dollar man that we are expecting or we're, we want. On I like him. So I like but, him. He plays D, and he you know what? He, the, he's the Jays representative for the humanitarian of the year. Every team has a, a representative. He's the Jays. So that says all I need to know about the player. I, I'm be more than happy to see him man the field next year. He's a good fielder. He's consistent. Doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Got a good arm. 
And clearly he has some pop. So, you know, some of these guys get better as they age. So who knows? But 30 homers is 30 homers. That's no joke. And he hit a grand salami last night to win it. So like, that's not, uh, you know, I'm going to give credit where credit is due. And um, congratulations. The Jays are, are, I think they're at this point now, they're trying not to lose a hundred games. So they're, they're, if they think they win two more, they'll, they'll, they won't reach that, you know, disgusting hundred loss. Yeah, it doesn't even feel like it's close to that, though, because it's still entertaining to watch. But anyway. Yeah, agreed. Um, so humanitarian award. That's interesting. I didn't know that. I didn't know they gave that for somebody who donates a lot of strikeouts to pitchers. But that's great. It's, it's, an, it's named after somebody. <laughs> I'd, have to, I'd have to look it up. Like not Roberto Clemente. It might be Roberto Clemente. I'm not quite sure. But um, one thing I want to mention about baseball playoffs, I would like to see that first wild card game be a best of three instead oh, of a single hell game. Hell yeah. yeah. That's the but, worst you know, part about baseball playoffs. Wouldn't that be cool? Best of three? Well, I've always said cut the... We're supposed to go to break, Pierre. <laughs> Our sponsors are not even going to know about when their ads are. Oh, hold on. We don't have any. But okay. <laughs> Rob Fleming. Rob Fleming. Oh. <laughs> Mocha Loca, whatever. <laughs> Baseball doesn't need to be 162 games a year. Or 164. What is it? 62? 162, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't need to be 162. Make it 140 and add two teams to make the playoffs and have another series beforehand or move them up uh, a little bit. Cause it goes pretty late. So move it up yep. like 30 games. Who freaking cares? Half yep. of those games are day games or midweek games. And you look, they're not even sold out. The money yep. you're going to be making on an extra playoff series should trump what, you know, three games that are at a four o'clock in the afternoon against uh, somebody who's not a rival and whatever, cut it down. Yeah. Keep the wear off. Let's get some more yeah. playoffs because baseball playoffs really are right up there in terms of entertainment value. Oh. And, you know, it's uh, it's worth it, in my opinion. Yeah. So, yeah, this one game wild card, you play 162 games and then you got a one game, nine innings to like either go on or go home. Man. Oh, OK. Every pitch counts. Every move. It's great. Oh. And then those guys, are, they're selling out to win that damn game, and then what happens? They go right into a series. So if they use all their key pitchers and stuff at that point just to get through, they're already behind the eight ball. They got to – so anyway. All right. It's, it's amazing. And on that rant, let's uh, go to a quick yeah. break, and we'll come back with some other stuff. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And we're back. And uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't thank – Mike Ferreira, who supplies me with the iPad that I'm using. And, you know, uh, it's given us a little bit of trouble over the last uh, couple of uses. Not so much today. It's been pretty steady. But it is his iPad. So I do want to thank him for uh, allowing me to use it. He, he's donated it to us um, to help us with our, just our equipment. And uh, I want to thank him for that. Thank you, Mikey. Um, big Mikey. Super appreciated. I said that like he can and, hear uh, me. Mikey, Mikey. And he's not there. Thank nah. you, Michael. Yeah. We'll get him on at some point. He's a big Bills fan. Maybe uh, talk well, a I don't know things. if he is, man. He's uh, like one o'clock games. I'm expecting when I, you know, he's my neighbor. If, if those of you who don't know uh, Mike Ferreira, uh, he's one of my good friends. He's our, one of our good friends, and he's my neighbor. And, uh, you know, as a Bills fan and at a one o'clock kickoff on a Sunday and he's not home, it's, uh, it's, it's troubling. Like I, you know, he's it's, probably uh, out of his parents watching the game. No, no, no. He's out uh, getting his groceries or whatever. And he comes home. It's like one forty-five. He's like, oh, hey, Pep, Mike, the game, you missed 45 minutes of the game. Oh, yeah, who's winning? Who's winning? <laughs> all right, all right. What? Take back then. 
Well, I mean, no, he says he's a fan. I'm wearing his jersey. But, Does he uh, listen to this show? What's that? Does he listen to our show? I touched. He says he does. Yeah, well, okay. Uh, I don't think. Yes. Yeah. I don't, I, <laughs> Mike, if you listen to the show, next time you see me, I want you to quote Graham Cracker. That's a secret word. Oh, good Lord. Was this some sort of high school thing? It's not. But it's, it was well, the first thing that came to it. mind, Anyways, and it was a okay. s'mores commercial earlier. Anyway. <laughs> okay. That was Graham Cracker. I don't know. Okay. Oh. Uh, okay. So. We are just about done headlines. Just a couple of things I wanted to mention real quick. Uh, I love that intro. You know what it reminds me of? that? Uh, you ever watch a show called Newsroom? Uh, no, but uh, it does remind me of the news. Yeah, no, Newsroom is a very good uh, series with, um, okay. what's the guy from Dumb and Dumber with uh, Jim Carrey, the other guy? Okay. Anyway, extremely uh, talented actor, but great show. Yes. Uh... I just wanted to, uh, sh- not shout out, but I wanted to, uh, you know, address uh, Monday was actually seven years ago when uh, uh, the girlfriend of Manti Teo passed away. The fake girlfriend of Manti Teo <laughs> passed away. It was seven years ago on Monday. So, you know, our condolences Aww. go out to their, her imaginary friends and uh, uh, Manti Teo. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah, thoughts and prayers go out to them. Um, I want. Uh, so weird. Is he in the league still? Yeah, I think he plays for the Saints. Um, you sure? I'm. I'm almost. He, I'm. I'm almost positive. Is he real? Uh, he, he is real. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's still man. That's, that's got to be a thirty for thirty at some point. Like it's just. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, it's when so I chirp weird. Notre Dame yeah. fans, like Manti Teo was very high on my list of, of ammo to throw back out at them. Uh, they could talk as much trash yeah. as possible, but if you got uh, your star player, your star player, like top Heisman hopeful, whatever, has got an imaginary girlfriend who ends up passing away uh, and, and, and actually being some girl's brother. Anyway, wow, crazy, but a seven years ago... <laughs> The imaginary okay, girlfriend passed great. away. And I think that was before Notre Dame versus USC or something. Anyway, okay. Uh, I did want to bring up um, the fact that co- there's a ruling in college football that now players are going to be allowed to be endorsed. College footballs are gonna be, uh, football players will be able to have endorsements. Um, <clears throat> Tim Tebow, who arguably... I will be the one that argues it, uh, could be one of the best college football players uh, of all time, had a bit of a, an opinion on it. And I thought I would play it for you. I don't know if you heard it or not. I posted it, but uh, this is it. I have a little credibility and knowledge about this because when I, was at the, when I was at the University of Florida, I think my jersey was one of the top-selling jerseys around the world. Uh, it was like Kobe, LeBron, and then I was right behind them, and I didn't make a dollar from it, but nor did I want to because I knew going into college what, 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 it, um, what it was all about. I knew going to Florida, my dream school, where I wanted to go, the passion for it, and if I could support my team, support my college, support my university, that's what it's all about. But now we're changing it from us, from 
we from my university, from being an alumni where I care, which makes college football and college sports special, to then, okay, it's not about us, it's not about we, it's just about me. And yes, I know we live in a selfish culture where it's all about us, but we're just adding and piling it onto that, mm. where it changes what's special about college no. football. Tim. We turn it into the NFL, where who has the most money, that's where you go. That's why people are more passionate about college sports than they are about NFL. That's why the, 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 um, the stadiums are bigger in college than they are in the NFL. I'll stop it right there, but... Uh, uh, I do have an opinion on this, and it's, uh, it's touchy. I, I, it's, eh. Do we want to get into that right now? Or is that going to be I'll, a little I'll, long? I'll, well, it could be long, but I'll keep it short. All I have to say is I'm not sure where Tim Tebow was raised. If he comes from uh, a position of wealth as a, as a as a youth, but as a college kid, you're getting a, a essentially a free ride if you're a good football player, right? Yeah, you have not much to pay, but a free ride doesn't doesn't is still not helping your mom, single mom raising four kids anywhere. Um, to think that you can go and play college football. And make makes a little bit of money while you're playing college football might be a more incentive to stay in school a little bit longer, if you know you're going to have some money coming in, and you help your family one year sooner than than uh, you would if you had to wait to go to the NFL. You know, I get what he's saying. I get it. I love I love his I I love the idea of it, but it's not realistic. There there are kids who just they don't have money, and mom and mom is doing everything she can to put her kids through high school. And if a, if a older brother can help his three younger, younger bros by playing college football, and making a few bucks off Nike, why not? I, I, I get what he's saying. They, they need to regulate it. They need to, you know, establish parameters. I get all that. I just, uh, I don't know. But it's a really say, hot topic. That's a tough, that's tough. I get it. I get what your argument. Um, but then, you know, and I'm all for players getting uh, compensated for their time at the university level. Uh, the one thing that does change or that is an issue, and Tebow brings it up when he talks about the team thing, and, and that's exactly why I do love the college football game more so than the NFL, because it is a team thing more so than a player thing. Now, if Tim Tebow was getting compensated how many millions of dollars for what he was doing and his left guard who wasn't as popular wasn't selling as many jerseys was getting nothing or um you know at the time well let's just say alabama and clemson right now one and two perennially right now that's already a huge advantage in terms of recruiting but if they're one and two, they're getting a lot of spotlight, they're getting a lot of studs, which means they're going to keep winning, which means the endorsements keep coming in. And that just keeps the ball rolling and the whole pog just keep going and players are going to say, yeah. I'm going to Alabama because they get more endorsement. I'm going to Clemson because they get more endorsement. And then they keep getting better and better and better. And pretty soon there's just there's no parity whatsoever. So I, I appreciate the compensation aspect. It definitely has to have something. But I think more of along the lines of, you know, when you graduate, you get this piece of that pie. Everybody gets the same amount if you graduate, but graduate. So the player who leaves early to go to the NFL hasn't graduated yet, but he's gone to the NFL to make millions of dollars. He's fine. You, you forego what, you know, and maybe it's $100,000 a season or something like that for each player. But if you don't make the NFL and you stay and you graduate – 
At the time you graduate, you're entitled to whatever it is. If it's $100,000 a season, you say, okay, that's $400,000. And now, you know, that's not a, something you can live off for the rest of your life, but that's 100% better to say, you know, I got a real good jump start. Uh, I could buy a house, no mortgage. Um, I could help my parents out. I could do whatever, but that's a huge chunk of change to be given to a graduate of a university to, to start their lives with and that they earn it, but it's got to be standardized across the league. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know, something to that effect anyway, where again, it does, it keeps the, the kids in school to hopefully get their degree. Cause that's the whole, that's the point of it. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Something it'd be hard to argue. Anyway. It'd be hard to argue everything, anything, and everything you just said. It's you're bang on. Like you're gonna you're gonna just keep feeding the machine, and you're gonna have the Alabamas and and Clemson's have the best players. Those guys will get the best endorsements because those are the guys that will sell jerseys, and it's all about money. And I love I love Nike, uh, but I know they're about they're not they're not gonna hitch their wagon to anybody who's gonna lose the money. So I, I get it. I, I, and you're so, you're right. So like they, they're just, it has to be a very clear and distinct uh, plan of action if, if these guys are gonna allow that in NCAA. Anyway, well, it's interesting. It's, it's, I think it's, an, it's an, a door that's open that we never thought would open. So you know, clearly we're, we're moving along in society here and uh, you know, we'll see what they do in the college basketball because the same happens in college basketball. You've got seven or eight, stud players every year and their jerseys sell on right uh, on uh, alibaba or whatever you can buy their but in basketball it's a one and done they have to go for one year because that's a rule but those guys rj barrett's and zion williamson and whatever they don't need to get any money from that league yeah they're selling a lot of jerseys but that's just that just propels them into the nba so now they're in the nba now they're still excited they're still selling you know whatever jerseys yeah and they'll they'll get yeah. it. The guy who we don't know who's on the Kentucky team for five years. I don't even know if there is a guy that's on the Kentucky team that plays for four or five years. But say there was. Well, that guy who passes the ball to RJ, who passes the ball to Zion, who picks up the towels at the end of the friggin' game, cleans up the locker room, whatever the hell it is, he gets compensated <laughs> to leave. The other yeah. guys get their millions and millions of dollars by playing in the league. That's how they get and, compensated. Uh, and in the NBA, there's, or sorry, in college basketball, I've really never seen blue chip guys. You know, we saw Zion, you know, twist his knee last year because his shoe blew up. But you don't see too many guys risk their NBA careers by playing basketball and getting hurt in, in college uh, to the point where they lose their opportunity to play in the NBA. You do see that sometimes in college football, though. And I one guy oh, that yeah. comes to mind is Terrell Davis. He, uh, he got hurt at Georgia by the end of his his second year he was like the third string coach was treating him like shit he did get uh a tryout with the broncos i think he was drafted in the seventh round or something crazy or he might have been undrafted i have to look that up but you know uh he blew his his knee out playing um and that could have that could have been it thankfully he was able to uh to have a good career but you know that's there's a situation where you know great player in college blows his knee out and has to reinvent himself if he has a little bit of uh sponsorship money you know yeah. Anyway, it's, it's he was drafted you know, in the sixth round at the 196th pick. Uh, just FYI, Terrell Davis barely barely made the team. Was uh, yeah. he made the team by making a great special teams play uh, against the 49ers in a in a game in Tokyo, and uh, he had he had just he didn't think he was. You hear the story? He didn't think he was going to play the game. 
He was on the sidelines. It was like the fourth quarter. He hadn't played yet. He's like, I'm totally not making this team. They've got two running backs and they're loaded. And uh, coach yelled at him and said, hey, come on in. Uh, you're, you're playing. Go on special teams. And he had just wolfed down four hot dogs. And he, uh, and so he's like, coach, I just ate four hot dogs. I can't. What are, you, what are we doing? He gets on and he and he blows up the coverage. He hit he, the the returner gets nailed and then everyone goes crazy. And Shanahan's like, I want to see him uh, play running back the rest of the quarter. And then the rest is history. But um, funny story. I'm not, did you know that? Uh, yeah, that's why I ate four hot dogs before every quarter of my of my football <laughs> career. No, I hadn't heard that actually. But that's uh, pretty cool. But his thirty for thirty is pretty good too. And some questionable calls with Shanahan where he's like, "Coach, I can't see," and he's like, "You don't need to see. Just get back out there. You're a diversion. Yeah. Stuff like that." Yeah. Anyway, again, that, that flew then. That wouldn't fly now. Oh, Anyways, fuck, no. let's get on to the NFL because we are getting close to the end of this bad boy. Yep. Have you heard the uh, Raekwon McMillan? Uh, who hit, I think he's a dolphin, who hit Brady on Sunday, a perfectly legal hit, and the referee told him to stay off Tom. Did you see that? You're kidding. No, no. I didn't. Yeah. He was told to stay off Tom. Like, anyway, Look, uh, people are losing it because of guys like Cam Newton and Wilson who are just getting taking licks left, right, and center. Roethlisberger's kind of in that same boat. And, you know, this guy hits Tom brady okay for those who don't know who tom is um hits him legally and the ref tells him to stay off tom the, the refereeing has been it's it's gotten worse over the last couple of years it's been almost borderline unwatchable the last couple of weeks every second play there's a flag i know you got to call it they set a precedent usually in preseason and in the first couple of weeks of the nfl the referees are rusty too right like it's not like just the players yeah. are rusty the referees are also rusty they're getting their their feet under them but something's got to give man i saw a roughing the passer call on bradley chubb uh he hit trubinsky pretty much as trubinsky was the ball was leaving his hand it, it wasn't low it was like up near his chest it was with a shoulder pad and he got a roughing the passer call and uh, anyway, the Bears ended up moving forward 15, getting another first down and kicking the game-winning field goal from 55 yards or something like that. But, like, that cost the, that cost the Broncos the game. They should have won that game. Uh, the refereeing has been really bad, and specifically the roughing the passer calls. I don't, I don't, know, what to, I don't know what to say. The, the safety of the player is now – the pendulum has swung too far maybe mm-hmm. to, like – touch football I, like I, it's it's gotten to a point where the receivers and quarterbacks you can't hit them you can't touch them you can't even like these are split second decisions these guys are making to to dip their shoulder to the right cross shoulder arm of the like what are we talking about here it's, oh, yeah. it's a contact sport where it's instinct first and everything is we well, you know when we're supposed to go like targeting penalties and stuff where everything is slowed down to the nanosecond and I was like, it's such a quick reaction time for certain things. And, you know, you, maybe you have good intentions going in. You think your head's to the side and it catches up. Anyway, it's just, it's almost like the NFL is saying, oh, you guys are, you want us to be more safe and whatever. And we're going to, well, then we're going to call everything. And then to a point where people say, look, I can't watch this shit anymore. So let's just go back to playing the way it used to be. And they say, okay, there, see, we're going back to just free for all. But I'm man, interested to see the XFL because uh, there's some that. really, really quality NFL men coaching and running that league. Andrew Luck's dad is the commissioner. 
Uh, I'm interested to see if they take the same steps toward player safety that the NFL has taken from everything from the helmets to what they, you know, the size of the equipment to like, I'm very interested to see this league um, and how they, how they look on field in terms of safety. It's going to be, will they promote it as like all hell breaks loose like they did the first time around or will it be safety first? But anyway, um, sticking with the dolphins, um, they're starting Josh Rosen this week after getting their asses handed to them again by the Patriots um, they've traded, just traded Minka Fitzpatrick for the Steelers first round pick. And mm-hmm. they, I think there was an exchange of like fourth and fifths or something like that. So now they have three first rounders next year, you know, good, bad. If you're a Dolphins fan, are you, are you happy with the, with the hall? Um, and you know, the, the fact that they draft three times in the first round next year, like, is that something to look forward to their seasons? This season's terrible. Oh, like, the season's no, terrible. The season's you know, a write off. Yes. You have something to look forward. The draft is what you're looking forward to right now. But you're also, you know, these Dolphins fans are watching college football closely. They're seeing who's coming out. Um, they're, they're making a list on who they hope come out, and they'll start probably tweeting at them. Um, but if the draft is a good one, that's the thing, is the drafts can be hit or miss. And, uh, but if it's a strong draft class, especially in those first uh, 64 picks, you know, if the Dolphins have uh, three in the first and – they have multiple seconds as well, so that's a you know hey. if, you, if you do your homework and you and you get some quality guys at those positions in those spots, like that could be a pretty big change. It may it won't happen year one, but by two or three after, I think you're you're looking like maybe you have some something to look forward to, some positivity. A team uh, a team out in Dallas looked pretty good by doing that in the uh, early. Uh 1990 i think it was when they started to come around and they traded herschel walker for all those picks well you know well, the dolphins pick is going to be it looks like it's going to be number one i don't think there's going to be a team worse than them this year so they draft number one pittsburgh whew, this draft week is, number this two. week will tell me all i need to know about pittsburgh if mason rudolph can go into san francisco and lead that team to victory they could end up being 500 this year if they lose to san francisco on the road they host the bengals next week they could they could be you know, four and 12, five and 11. And then you've got Pittsburgh. That's the, that's a five and 11 team. That's another top five pick on top of your number one. Houston's not going to lead the league in their, in terms of record. So that, that's, that's probably a top 20 pick. Hey, looking pretty good. The first round that they got from Miami, is that Miami's first round or is that a first rounder that they got for somebody else? I feel like they didn't give up their first overall pick. So, sorry, which what what deal was that? Like, uh, oh no, the Steelers gave up a first round. Sorry, yeah, Steelers gave up their first round. They got so it. The I'm Steelers like, well, that's not there. It could yeah, end yeah. up with a with a I think a four and eleven, four and twelve, five and eleven record if they don't win this weekend. Are I you? Think, uh, I think the wheels fall off. As a Steeler fan, they had just traded Dobbs like a week before Bang Ben's injury, right? Yeah, I'm good with that. Dobbs, You're good with that? I saw enough of Dobbs. Yeah, Dobbs. Dobbs a nice player. He's. Uh, he reminds me of like he's probably no better than RG three right now in terms of like his ability to read a defense. He gets out of the pocket well. He's got a good arm, but Mason Rudolph is a very underrated um, reader of defenses, and they like him in the huddle. He's got moxie. Dave DeCastro was saying in the media in Pittsburgh media like we really really like this guy. He came in and he started gunslinging it, and it wasn't like a like nerves. It was just the guy was composed though. He knew what he wanted to do with the ball. He and James Washington put up crazy numbers in college. 
I think I think Mason Rudolph is the guy they drafted to replace Ben. He's going to get a shot. He's going to get a shot to play. I, I don't think he's Ben is committed to his last two years of his contract. I think when he gets healthy, it's Ben's job. Um, but this is his chance to show that hey, when Ben does retire, it's it, I'll, I'll be glad to take the reins. So he's moved. He's motivated. My problem with Pittsburgh is that I don't think James Conner is an RB one. I think he's I think he's a good he's a feel good story. Um, but I don't think he's a uh, number one running back in the, in the NFL. And that to me is the sad truth. Uh, Cause I love the kid. I love his heart. I love his moxie, but he's not Le'Veon Bell. I saw Le'Veon Bell run over the Cleveland Browns on Monday night when they they had nine guys in the box and he still ran for 96 yards. So he had 31 you know, touches. He had how many touches? 31. Um, they, what choice did they have? That's a bad team, and Adam Gase is a bad coach. Do you trade Le'Veon Bell if you're the Jets? No, 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 no. He's he's young enough still. Um, but your wow, team's a, oh, I didn't even think about. It. That's a good question. Your team's toast. Like you're you're done. Like I just feel like the the Jets season is not going to be anywhere near what they were hoping it was going to be. So that's a lot of money to pay a guy like that. That's a guy who's got to be. He'll get frustrated soon. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he he wants to win, yeah. trade him. Like he obviously oh. he's proved that he's still got it. Trade him to somebody who's a contender and get some stuff back for him. How bad were were their quarterbacks? Trevor Simeon and uh, Falk, I think is, a, is a, I don't even can't even pronounce his name. Yeah. There they Falk were atrocious. Yeah. Oh, it's it's uh, yeah. Like I said, they're not. They're in trouble. Yeah. CJ Mosley's hurt, pulled his groin. Yeah. Spent all that money on him. He played he was playing really well against uh, against Buffalo until he got hurt and then Buffalo ran ran over them. So, you know, that's it's not good in in New York right now, but uh, Jalen Ramsey, what are the odds of him sticking around after after this week? Um, so, well, I don't know. It depends on what they're trying to get back for him. Two firsts uh, is what they want. Two firsts. Well, um I guess it doesn't have to be for next year, right? So it'd be like a first in 2020 and a first in 2021, likely. I would assume they can't expect to get a third team involved. So that would be, I'm assuming that's what they would want. But like, there aren't, there aren't any shutdown corners in the NFL right now, except him. He's worth a first. Oh, he's worth a first for sure. And if on the right team, he's, he's worth, he's worth two firsts, you know? Uh, Kansas City make a play for him yeah I'm trying to think of who would really Philadelphia teams that are ready to to win now Philly Philly and and Kansas City are I don't think they're gonna they're gonna place a whole lot of emphasis on their first round pick because they're loaded so it's not like they've got to rebuild they're young enough as it is I mean some of these guys that were catching balls from Mahomes on the weekend I don't even never even heard of their first round picks they're loaded. That was t- without Tyreek. Demarcus Robinson, man, that's Florida Gator right the there. The other kid. There was another kid too, a little young speedster. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I'm like, who are these guys? Maybe the Rams. Ooh, yeah. Okay, Imagine teams adding that are built him. To win so if now, you got we'll Talib on one him, side, you know? Weddle is the safety, and you put throw him in, sort of on the. I don't know. Yeah, something like that yeah. would be. Uh, and, uh, yeah. I don't know, something like that. Rams, uh, you know, I would have said Saints earlier. I think their priority is elsewhere at this point. Um, when we talk about uh, effect on a team, uh, who's going to have a, uh, 
who's going to struggle the, the most between and I'll throw Carolina in there too because it looks like Cam Newton is not very healthy but oh between God, the Steelers no. Saints and Panthers who who's really going to suffer not having their quarterback because Breeze is out for six weeks there's some talk that he'll be back in four I, I don't know how I don't know how he's having thumb surgery but you know there's talk that he could be back within four or five weeks but who's going to really suffer not having their starting QB between those three teams I'm I'm gonna say the Steelers because interesting, and you brought it up. You said you know James Conner is not your RB one. Okay, James Conner had success because the O line is pretty decent, but Ben Roethlisberger, as much as I'm not a huge fan of him, is fairly effective. You know, can read defenses for the most part. When he gets the ball out, he can, he can he is a concern for defenses. Let's just put it that way. Where Without him, um, you know, I, I mean, I like that Rudolph kid, though, too. So. You know, f- 5,100 yards last year, Ben threw four, the most in his career, the most in the NFL last year at 36 years old. You know, that's, that is somebody who's seen every defense and was able to adjust. And, uh, you know, no, is he, is, he, is he, can he run like Mahomes? No. No, he, he, I don't think he's ever been able to run like, uh, like oh, any God, of the no. scrambling quarterbacks. But the man can read defenses. Right. I, I would have to say Pittsburgh, too. As much as I like Rudolph, too, I know you're with me with Rudolph. But I just think that you know, they could, the, in, in uh, New Orleans, they can run some gadget stuff with Taysom Hill and with, 100%. with Bridgewater. And their and, defense you know, is very good right now, too. Yeah. You know, Pittsburgh's trying to find themselves. We didn't talk about it. I'm not going to – by the way, I'm not going to give AB – I was going to talk about his uh, – endorsement deal that fell through with nike but i don't want to give this guy any more play so i'm not even going to bring up ab if you have anything to say about ab you're more than welcome to but i do want to talk about minka fitzpatrick who uh the steelers dealt their first round pick to dolphins for yeah um i don't think it's that as big a deal as people are making it in pittsburgh they're thinking well we're not going to have a good season why are we giving up our first you just got a guy who was who is practically a first round pick and he's only 22 years old and he's got a great cap friendly contract so you you've just you basically just drafted your next safety for the next three years and are probably for a lot longer because Pittsburgh will keep him around. Yeah, and that's just Pittsburgh taking advantage of Miami's situation and that yeah. the players want out. So hey, yeah, we'll take a guy like that for a first round pick. Player. No problem. Sure, it doesn't correlate to us making that move because of a situation that our team's in. So from a fan standpoint, you say, why are they doing that? Well, fuck, it's not about what the team's doing. It's about taking advantage. I don't need a new car, but if I go down the street and the guy's going to give me a brand new Lexus for 200 bucks, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to be like, we don't need a car. No, exactly, but this is a great deal. I needed to sang it now because we're going to need a car next year, whatever. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, uh, you know, and, and the beauty of this deal is that, yes, you know, with Sean Davis, they didn't necessarily need Minka Fitzpatrick, but Davis is out for four weeks, and – He's underachieved. So is Terrell Edmonds. So is everybody else in that secondary. So they're going to slot him at safety. That means that nobody moves in terms of Hayden, Steven Nelson. Uh, Terrell Edmonds will continue to develop. But I think he solidifies the defense for Pittsburgh. And uh, I think it was a great deal. And there were, there, you don't see a lot of trades in the NFL. You see more and more in the last couple of years. But uh, you talked about Le'Veon Bell trade. The first thing that comes to mind is, well, you just don't see a lot of trades in the NFL. It doesn't happen a lot. So, I, I mean, I don't know where he would go. I, you know, I could see... Jeez, I mean, I, again, the Eagles Houston? seem to be on. on they'll they'll play, make a play for anybody because they're just not afraid to take chances. And I, Who's that, I see sorry? the Eagles making a play for Le'Veon oh. Bell. Eagles, uh, Bears, the Texans. Um, 
Yeah. There's a. Uh, yeah. I wonder what Green Bay. Imagine him in Green Bay. I don't know how that would work. Oof. Bay, I like, oh, Green Bay's got some nice running backs. They've got some speed and power there. So, um, anyway. Why don't we take a, a real short break? We're going to finish up. We're going to be done by nine, folks. I guarantee it. Well, not That's that it matters for you. <laughs> yeah, you I guess guys... I'm just talking to Brock. Brock, we're going to be done by nine. I guarantee it. All right. Um, why don't we take a real quick break and then uh, we'll come back and just uh, review week three and make our picks. Sounds good. All right, we're back. This will be the last segment of today's show. And you know, you talk about how many sports are like football started, baseball playoffs are coming up, hockey's around the corner. I mean, college football, we don't talk enough about that because I haven't got you over to watch it. Um, But there is a level of excitement for me, but also a level of, I don't want to say stress, because I, I feel like we need to do more than one show a week. Because I'm like, oh. Oh, we're talking about all these different things. I'd love to do a football one and then say, okay, we'll do a shorter, like shorten them up. But we, you and I are both right into all those things. And then when, I don't know, it might be hard sometimes for people to, to follow along maybe when we're doing it, because we just want to touch on so many things um, in each episode because it's, you know, about once a week right now. And uh, there's just too much sports for it to be I know. Once a week. I spe- and as we ramp up, it's going to get even worse. But let me. Uh, I have a, I have an idea. I'm not going to. Na- I'm not going to air it. We'll talk about it off air. All right. I have an idea that might might work. But um, like anyway, it. we'll talk about it. I'm later. excited. We'll talk about it I'm excited. Later. Like okay. Yeah. All right. Week three. Let's go through well, our week threes. What are you thinking? Well, Titans Jags is on right now. Um, I I don't. I just turned around, turned my back here to check the TV, and uh, I see uh, I see Minshew jumping on one of his linemen. It's fourteen zero for the Jags. Um, really? So the Jags last week, their Jags are an interesting team. I thought they I thought they would have gone into to Houston and won that game, but Doug Marone, I really don't know why he went for two. There's a there's a train of thoughts like, listen, screw it, we're not that good. Let's just let's get the W and get the hell out of here. But on the second hand, on you know on the other hand, you've got a rookie quarterback. You have a chance to tie the game on the road and just take your chances in overtime with a with a pretty good defense, and you you go for two. I think you just answered your own question. I do, like, You're I'm on drunk. the road against a good defense with a rookie quarterback. Fuck it, you go for two. You go for two. I'm I'm just I'm just not there. I you you get the kick. You take the thing to overtime. The crowd is now out of it. If and, we had and you said, suddenly, "Hey, we're in overtime. We got the ball at the two yard line." If we score here, we got one play. If we score here, we win the game. Would you take that scenario? No. Like, say, you know, they kick the field goal first. You need to score a touchdown to win. You know, would you want to be in that situation? Hell yeah. So he's in that situation already. We're down at the two-yard line or a yard and a half. All we need to do is get in the end zone. One play, get out of there with a win. They're already in that situation. I say you go for it. You got nothing to lose. You're again. You're against the best defense. You're a rookie quarterback. You're on the road. You don't want to prolong this thing against Houston. I I totally I, support. I don't know. Hindsight, he didn't get it. So sure, kick the field goal or uh, kick the extra point and go to overtime and see what happens there because maybe your chances are better because we know they didn't get it. But yeah. before well, the look, game, you CBS, said, "Hey, they're down to one." I take it. CBS cut to the game. I think it was a late. It was it wasn't the, it wasn't on TV. So the, the early game had finished early. 
and uh, so they cut to the bonus coverage. And I saw them. I saw the the Jags score. Every, their sidelines going nuts. They've got Big Mo on their side, and I'm like, okay, they're going to tie it. This is great. There's like I don't know, 15 or 20 seconds left, and um, and then and then I don't see the kick team. I'm like, are they? They're they are they are going for this. They are going for two. And I, I, my, I didn't have any hesitation. I'm like, I don't know what they're doing. I don't think this is a good call. I don't think this is a good call. This, is, this guy's not that good. And, you know, I don't know any of their receivers. I don't know what offense they've been running. They barely put up any points the last two weeks. What do you, I, I, get, I get what you're saying. Let's get the two and get the hell out of here. Everything you're arguing, Pierre, right now doesn't support your thing. You just said, I know we're not putting a lot of points up this week. I know we're not whatever. You're, all those kick, things kick are Kick the argument. extra point, play some D. And then get the ball, win the coin toss or lose the coin toss, whatever. Play some D and get the hell out of there with a three in overtime because it's no. too risky. You just you just said it yourself. They're not scoring. They got a rookie quarterback. They're on the road. All these things. Fucking take your shot and get out. That's it. Well, That's you all you your, can do. Well, if you, you have pro- an offense, you take your shot. None of, have an offense. Not even, the extra points aren't even given anymore. You're back down 10, 15 yards or whatever and kicking it. How many people are missing those extra points? So hey. you go down there, and if we're sitting in the situation, they say, oh, he was going to go for two, and he said, ah, fuck it, we're going to go for one, and the guy clangs it off the left goalpost, you say, you know what? You're a rookie quarterback. You're on the road. You're not scoring a lot of points. You're at the one-and-a-half-yard line. Take a fucking shot. They, yeah, listen, uh, that's, you can't argue that. The, the, the Moving back the, the extra point has made the league – it's turned the league upside down for the, for the better. It's been hilarious. Like – Coaches going for two all the time and, you know, moments like that where it's like, listen, I'm sure Doug Marone realizes he doesn't have a playoff team. What what have they got to lose? He's he's on the hot seat. I talked about this in the preseason. He's one of the coaches on the hot seat. He's right now. His seat must be boiling. Uh, They're calling for his head in Jacksonville. Um, But tonight they're proving me wrong. They're up to 14 zip on a Titans team that had a tough loss last week. After beating the Browns, uh, they're they're a funny team. By they're hard to they're hard to read. So um, anyway, tonight the t- the Jags and the Titans. I guess it's, it'd be hard for us to choose because the Jags are at fourteen zip. But I still think the Titans win this game. I, I picked them to win this game. I'm just going to stick with my my call and Titans minus Titans. one and a half. So yeah, uh, okay, whatever. I I feel like I would take the Titans anyway in that one. The fact that Jags up fourteen nothing doesn't bode well, but we'll still. So basically, we're taking Tennessee minus fifteen and a half. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. That, that, that shows guts, team. <laughs> that's uh, right. Dolphins, Cowboys. <laughs> oh fuck! Do you have a different Jeez. order here? Where are we? We're, well, I've got. Uh, All right, Dolphin. Oh fuck! Yeah. It's minus one. That's minus twenty one. Dallas minus twenty one. It's in Dallas. Um, I'll go. I'll take. I'll take Dallas, and they'll cover the spread. All right. That's. I mean, yeah, the likely. Dolphins are going to lose by thirty every game. Yeah, it's going to get worse as they keep selling shop. The Patriots How's, are minus twenty three to the Jets too. Before we move on to that game, how? Who the hell made the schedule for the Dolphins? They they got to play the Ravens, Dolphin, the Ravens, Patriots, and Cowboys in the first three weeks of the season. Um, like yeah. they base it on the year before, don't they? And like, if you if you if you stunk, you're gonna get a, more of a favorable schedule. You go out and play a Ravens team that made the the playoffs last year, won the division. Then you play the Super Bowl champs, and then the Cowboys. Yeah, somebody in head office doesn't like the Dolphins. No kidding. Okay, uh, did you want to go Patriots uh, Jets next? No, whatever. Let's go through your thing. What do you got? Well, okay, whatever. Sure. I already said that. So yeah, Jets at the okay. Patriots minus twenty three. 
Oh, jeez. Yeah, I mean, I think this game's going to be a little bit closer than, than the, uh, the Cowboys and Dolphins, only because the Jets have a half-decent defense that can travel. And they've, they've in history, you know, historically they've given the Patriots a little bit of, a little bit of trouble in the first couple of quarters of these games. Could be a letdown game. I don't know, but I, I think the Patriots win. I think it won't be by that much. So the Jets will cover the minus twenty three. Yeah, I think so. Only because they have Le'Veon Bell and they may be, think, yeah, might be able to kill a bit more clock. So, um, Bengals at Bills. Buffalo minus six. Uh, I say they cover. <laughs> Yeah, eh? I'll give Bills it the Bills. Win and they cover. Um, I'm hoping the Bills defense can uh, hold them. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to say they uh, they don't cover though. Bills will win, but they don't they, cover. Really? Oh, yeah. Interesting. I think it's going to be uh, Lions. Uh, Lions at Eagles. Philly minus six and a half. I'm going to go with Detroit to win. Yeah, or to cover. Straight yeah, out win. Yeah. Big win last week. I'm banking on. I picked up Matt Stafford. I'm throwing him in my lineup this week because I think Philly will stop carry on Johnson. Uh, they got rid of C.J. Anderson anyway. There's another guy out there, but I think the Detroit run game is not going to be great. Uh, but Philly's pass defense has been susceptible, so I'm hoping that uh, Stafford can. Uh, I think Galladay will have a big day. I don't like this matchup for for Detroit at all. I see this could be a 14 point loss. I'm gonna go Eagles. Um, Falcons at Colts. This is a really interesting game. Falcons looked good last Sunday night, beating the Eagles and the Colts. So much to my surprise. Well, yes and no. They have a good, solid defense and a good team. Uh, Brissett's playing well. I don't know. It's a yeah, tough one. Well, when we did our picks, they went from like 13 and three to three and 13 or something. Right overnight. Yeah, I, clearly we're wrong. Um, Indy minus two in this game too. I'm going for Indianapolis. So I'm going to take them. You know, I'm going to give them the edge only because they're hosting. And it's going to be, uh, I think this is their first home game of the season. So the, the fans are going to be amped up. Uh, they have they started off in Los Angeles and then last week in Tennessee. So uh, I think the fans are going to be amped up. One and one coming home. Consider all things considered. Uh, the last four weeks they've had, it's pretty good. Raiders at Vikings. Uh, minus eight for the Vikings. I think the Vikings cover. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. Oakland's been playing well, a, but I think uh, yeah. Minnesota's defense is going to be uh, uh, something that's going to be a little tough to overcome. They've been playing pretty well. I know they lost to Green Bay, but that's Aaron Rodgers. I think if they put the same sort of pressure on it on a car, I don't think he's going to be as effective. And I think the Raiders—they're two and zero right now, aren't they? The Raiders. The, they're one and one. They lost to the Chiefs. Um, oh right, but they put up a pretty good fight against the Chiefs. So I'll give them that. Yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, well, they gave up uh, 245 yards and four touchdowns in the second quarter. But they they they, uh, they made uh, adjustments at the half, and they did hold the Chiefs. I think to only 28 points. So all in all, yes. But all in all, for you know, they the got Chiefs, lit up in one quarter. Statistically, if you go you know 60 years down the road, you say no, that wasn't a great game. But it was the Chiefs, and two whatever yeah. 50 is average for them and it, listen they had their chances that they were first and goal and Derek Carr threw an interception so they had their chances to get back in that game I I, I like the Vikings here but it may be it's gonna be closer than uh minus eight it's gonna be a close game yeah okay so I'll take the Vikings uh listen man this is a big one this is uh the one that's on every channel if you don't have uh the, the zone or the football package this is on every cable channel Ravens at Chiefs this is an 
interesting game. Ravens have looked really good the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and Casey's only minus six and a half, which for a spread for Casey to be under seven um, says a lot about the Ravens. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Chiefs, and I think they I think it's a double digit win. Um, I think the Ravens sort of come crashing back to earth this game. You know, Cardinals are were you know I don't think the Cardinals are gonna win the Super Bowl, and I certainly don't think the Dolphins are gonna win the Super Bowl. They won't even win the Toilet Bowl. So I'm going to go Chiefs by uh, double digits, by a 10-plus. Um, I'm going to take the Ravens to cover. Chiefs to win? Um, I didn't say that. but Chiefs uh, are hosting. I know. I, I think the Ravens at least cover, if not surprise somebody. Okay. Fascinating. Broncos at Packers. Broncos, man, they're breaking my heart. I picked you to be 10-6 and six and you're... You're not doing it. Okay, sorry. Um, (laughs) uh, Green Bay minus eight. I'm taking the pack at home minus eight. I'll take the pack. I think it's going to be, I think it'll be a little closer game than that. Um, Denver's going to ugly it up, but uh, I'm going to go. It's hard to go against the Packers at home against an 0-2 team. Uh, Cardinals are hosting the Panthers. I think we're going to see the Cardinals first win here. Cardinal, uh, Carolina's minus three. Uh, no Cam Newton. Is he out for sure? He is. He is listed as doubtful. Uh, he'll. He play. hasn't practiced all week. Uh, I'm taking Carolina cover. Interesting. I, that is. That is it. You know what? On any other week, in any other season, I would fall asleep to this game. This game for me has a little bit of something. I just I'm I'm all over the Kyler Murray Larry Fitzgerald. I, it's such a good dynamic. Yeah. Larry Fitzgerald is all world man. I love that guy. I hope he plays forever. I know it's probably his last year, but a little man. je ne sais quoi, right? Ah, you know, uh, Giants at Buccaneers. Wake me up when this sleeper is over. Uh, moving on. Wow, Bucks by whatever. It's Tampa Bay minus six point five. So you're taking the Bucks. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I don't even... Fuck it. I'll take the Giants. They got that Jones kid starting. Maybe sparks if, it and whatever. Maybe. If, he, if they were hosting, maybe. But they're on the road. I think yeah. he gets... Uh, I think Bruce Arians dials up all kinds of fun stuff. But he's from Duke or something, right? Which is down not necessarily that area, but uh, closer to Florida and stuff and the Carolinas, I guess. Whatever. Anyway, I'm taking the yeah, Giants. Houston. Screw it. I'm taking the Giants. Okay, who's Yuck. next? Gross. Saints and Seahawks. That one's going to be interesting. Uh, 425 really, game at Seattle. Yeah, Seattle minus four. I think Seattle, I think they take it. I think it's, uh, I'm, I hope Bridgewater can move around a bit more, really move that offense. You know, Taysom He Hill, hasn't looked good. He hasn't looked great, but I mean, he was only thrown into that action. You know what I mean? He didn't start the game. He was kind of thrown in. A tough so, environment, too, in the L.A. Coliseum uh, yeah, on the uh, road. Yeah, you're going against the Super Bowl favorites from the West, or yeah. NFC. Um, so let's, but, see, let's see what he does this week coming in and knowing he's the starter. I think we're going to see a lot of Taysom Hill, which means I'm going to see a lot of missed opportunities given to Kamara. But, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever. I've been documented on how annoying that's going to be. Uh, hopefully they can move it. I got uh, Russell Wilson, too. I think he's going to end up bringing the back. He'll throw around. He's been th- looking really good throwing the ball. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, well. I'm going to take the Seahawks. Uh, I don't know if they cover minus four. 
I'm going to yeah. say no, actually. I'm going to say no. They're not going to cover. They might win by three. I say Seahawks by six, so I say they cover. I like. Uh, I saw a team last week go into the go into the locker room down ten six and come out, and their offensive line looked uh, looked like the offensive line of twenty fifteen. Um, really, really dominated the Steelers D line. So, uh, listen, that's a if that team can get offensive play like that every week, yeah, and, and protect Wilson, he'll he'll find guys. He'll, Did you he's see? Turning Deke, he's turning Metcalf into a stud. I mean, Metcalf on paper is a stud. But did you see a Seattle offensive line come out and really, like, elevate? Or did you see a Steelers defense come back out at halftime saying, fuck, Ben's hurt, Connor's hurt, uh, we're toast? And no, kinda, I saw okay. I saw uh, a Seahawks line with with veteran guys, Idupati, uh, you know, guys that guys that are have been around the league and have been kind of cast-offs. Um, come out and and lay the lumber, and you know okay. Seattle had a couple of really long sustained drives, and and that was it. And that's all it takes, right? It's demoralizing to get a, you know a, a, a thirteen play eight minute drive handed to you with finishing with a touchdown, and then you got to come back with your backup quarterback who's been sitting on the bench the whole time. He's already nervous to get in. It just uh, it was a it was really demoralizing. Rudolph did a great job bringing them back. I mean, they only lost 28-26, but like it was it was 28-17. Pittsburgh got a last minute touchdown. Anyway, I like the Seahawks in this. Um, and okay. I think they'll win by by uh, more than 6. Texans at Chargers. Uh, Chargers. Yeah. Uh, you know what? It's Chargers minus 3. Nah, screw it. I'm taking the Texans. Yeah, you know it's a, it's a tough game to call. Chargers went into Detroit and lost. Yeah. Much to my surprise. Matt Patricia was pretty excited about that win, but uh, I'm going to take I'm going to take the Chargers with this. I think they they're coming home, and uh, you know Philip Rivers, veteran guy, Texans coming off a tough win. Ah, that's a tough game. Ah, come now that come to think of it, that's a tough one. That's, that wouldn't be with okay, that one might finish a tie. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, I'm going to take the Chargers by three. Um, Steelers at 49ers. Uh, Niners minus six yeah, and I, a half. Yeah, I'll take the Niners. It's this an interesting matchup. This is this is it's early. This is the Steelers season right here. If they go down 0-3 and their backup does not play well, it is it is gonna be a long season. If they come in and win, they got the Bengals next week and Heinz two and two, suddenly things don't look so bad. This is a really pivotal game. Rams at Browns. Interesting. That's a Sunday nighter. Yeah. Rams are minus three in this one too. Um you know what? Uh, I have nothing. It's a tie. I don't know. I don't yeah. know who to go for in this one. Like I'm uh, gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Rams personally, only because they're 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 more experienced. They've been together this is the second year. They Super Bowl finalists. They haven't. They still, they're still loaded everywhere. Uh, I think they have the offensive <clears> line that could handle guys like Garrett. I just think the Rams Rams by they'll cover for sure. That's gonna, my that's my cue. You know, if Titans can go in there. Rams can go in there too. Yeah, but I'm gonna. I think I'm taking Cleveland. Um, Woo! And we got a hot take. Only because of the personnel that Cleveland has is a personnel that would take the Titans for granted, overlook the Titans, overlook. You know, like they played well against the Jets, but I think these are all personnel guys who crave the spotlight, crave the. Uh, the big games, that's what they look for. So they have a tendency of overlooking some of the other stuff. The Rams is that major game. That is their, like, staple 
game to kick the season off. Where do they stand? This is the the cream of the crop from the NFC. Where are we going to put it? And I think those kind of guys will rise to that occasion. And then the Rams are, you know, coming from the the West Coast to to Cleveland and the dog pound. I think you know there's time difference, that kind of stuff. I, I just eight think, o'clock game. You know, I think it's. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think the Cleveland kids come out and, and uh, you know, they want that stage and they'll, they'll make it happen. So I'm, I'm going to take Cleveland in this one. That's an interesting call. I'm just, I'm curious to see Weddle and, uh, you know, the, the, some of the veteran uh, DBs, how they handle the, the, the studs that Landry and o- Odell Beckham are. Fascinating. And Joku, uh, wrist surgery, he's likely out. Yeah, that, that'll, I don't think that plays much of a factor, but you know he's a good blocking tight end. So. That'll hurt, and and they need some blocking because I mean the the Rams front four is pretty freaking good. So yeah, it'll be on the the Cleveland Browns O line and some of their uh, tight ends to to keep them at bay. But um, that's what I'm we watching. Saw, I want to see that. Sorry, we saw what pressure can do to Mayfield against uh, the Titans. You know, with there was a, almost like a one-man wrecking crew. Cameron Wake was in the backfield every second snap, but now you now you're dealing with Aaron Donald right up the middle uh, against a Cleveland offensive line that's much maligned. Uh, and they had their they had their troubles with uh, with the Jets. Uh, the Jets were able to get to him too, and it made him uh, get out of the pocket. But that's it. That's it. This that's a, this might be the game of the week. This might be the highlighted game of the week. So, uh, last but not least, Monday Nighter, we got the Bears at Redskins. Bears going in one on one. Redskins zero and two. Chicago minus four. Bears uh, on the road. Bears on the road. Washington has surprised me. Zero two. I know, but they've surprised me. Uh, yeah, I know where you're going with this. I think I'm still probably going to take the Bears though. Okay, I thought you were going with uh, some another direction. Yeah. Uh, uh. It's yeah, tough. It's I, kind of a throw up, but minus four is not that. Uh, I'm going to go Redskins. Uh, you know, Redskins by three. I think they win by a field goal. I think they're at home on a Monday night. I don't think the Bears are. I don't. I don't know if they're quite ready for prime time yet. I just they're there, but they're not. And they're they're receiving Allen Robinson's okay, but is he a number one? I I just don't. Mm-hmm. Case Keenum has imp- has played well. Like they just, you know, they need to make they make them need to make some plays on defense. Um, they don't they're not making enough of those. As Mike Tomlin would say, those splash, splash plays. But uh, I, I like the Redskins here on a Monday night. I think they get their first win. I think the Redskins cover though. I think Chicago might pull it out with a Eddie Pinheiro field goal at the end to win by two. <laughs> oh, I like this. <laughs> I like- <laughs> so there you have it, friends. That is it. It's uh, four after nine, so we went a little bit long. Um, that's okay but we are going to uh and it's any hey if anybody is looking you talk about games that are on tv on cable on the zone on whatever uh if anybody needs a hookup for uh iptv internet tv it gives you all the games everything like that i've tried a few different services this guy is awesome i have an app for my ipad and my phone and there's also one for android boxes or apple tv and you get all the games all the college games all the nfl games uh, NHL and stuff too but um, anyway if anybody's looking for that uh, message me on Unsportsmanlike Convo Facebook page and I'll get you guys in contact with uh, with a guy to set that up but uh, um, ends up being like I think if you buy month to month it's only 25 bucks a month if you buy packages it's even cheaper and it's uh, really good quality so um, cool. I'll get a chance to see all these games and uh, if you're around I'll bring you over and we'll watch the old red zone there but um other than that, I think, uh, well, uh, we're going to go out to a song from the late Eddie Money, 
who passed away when he was uh, 70 years old this uh, past week. I don't know if you knew that or not. Mm, I did not know that, no. Uh, we're going to go to that, and uh, we're going to get back to watching Thursday Night Football. Great job, pal. Until next time, Pierre, and now we're going to go offline in a few minutes here, and I want to know what your idea is. Perfect. Just like a